the road to authenticity is like pulling the shade up little by little by little. And each time you pull it up, a little bit more of the sunlight comes in. And the sunlight is you. The sunlight is the warmth and the energy and everything that you need for your life to be whole. And we're so scared to just pull that shade up. So we just go a little and a little. But some people live their whole life with it down. And those are the people that we really got to touch and like get them to pull up. But came out the closet a little bit. So everyone kind of knew I was was gay and life still went on. And actually, my business got better. So then I was a little bit more open about my mom passing and, and things in my family. And I was more connected to people and my business got better. And I was more open about like, just being me. Like, and I kept opening up the shade, opening up the shade, opening up the shade, and things kept getting better. I started to see this correlation. I was like, yo, I've been trying to hide me to get to success and hating it underneath. But when I am all of me, wild opportunities grew. Everything got better. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Creating the 4% Podcast, real life stories from FitPros. I'm your host, Maria Costello. Stories of motivation, discipline, failure, and success from your favorite fitness instructors, a podcast about how to create an impactful and meaningful class, which amounts to 4% of a person's day, made with sweat for FitPros by FitPros. Thanks for listening, and let's get this episode started. All right, welcome back, everybody. He believes fitness should be fun, inclusive, challenging, and inspirational. Growing up an overweight gay black boy in West Baltimore wasn't easy for Gerard Burley, but it emphasized the importance of diversity and inclusion across gender, age, ability, sexual orientation, and race in what would become his fitness journey. Gerard, better known as Coach G, has over 15 years experience in exercise sports medicine field, including a bachelor's of science in sports medicine from the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, and a master's of science in exercise and health promotion from Cal U, Pennsylvania. He also holds various high-level certifications, such as strength and conditioning, NASM performance enhancement specialist, a specialist in speed and explosion, and an advanced exercise nutrition certificate from Human Kinetics. After holding a corporate position as director of sports medicine at Bowie State University, Coach G decided to follow his dreams of living abroad and changing lives. In 2009, he moved to Rome, Italy, and he played pro basketball there, as well as started a training forest service program for workers inside the U.S. Embassy. After Italy, Gerard decided to return back to Washington, D.C. and continue his calling of helping people change their lives through healthy living, positive thinking, and fitness. After a series of pop-up fitness parties and demos, Burley opened Sweat D.C. in September 2017, an inclusive space for people of all body types and levels of experience. Gerard Burley has been featured on CNN, Fox News, ABC News, The Washington Post, just to name a few. And wouldn't you know it, he also low-key teaches at SoulCycle. Well, what a bio. I am so grateful to have this incredible, inspiring human being share his story with us today. Please welcome Coach G to Creating the 4% Podcast. Welcome. I know, I need to get sound effects. (laughs) 
<laughs> Sometimes you read that bio, I'm like, who is that person? Like, sounds like I'm 100 years old. I did all this. <laughs> so many, so many guests say that. They're like, holy shit, I've done a lot. I'm like, yeah. yes, yes, you have. Whoa. Sorry for cursing. I hope I don't offend you. It, it makes well, you feel better. <laughs> okay, good. This is a pretty chill podcast. Well, welcome. I just want to say to everyone listening that I came across who you are by accident. Somebody who followed the podcast. I try to reach out to everyone that I see follow or leave a review. And it just so happened to be that he was your boo. So I thanked him <laughs> for listening. And then Loki was like, you a snack. What's up with you? And he said, <laughs> I'm taken. And then he told me all about you. And when I researched you, and like I said, I started talking to people about you, a lot of people recognized who you were, which blew my mind because I felt like I was on the outs. Like, how do you know more than me? You know, because I feel like I pride myself in really keeping up with a lot of people doing amazing things in this industry. So anyway, that is how we are connected. I'm excited to have you please introduce yourself to the listeners and take us to your fitness journey, how it started and how you ended up where you are today. All right. Well, first of all, just thank you for having me on. I'm really excited. I've become a quick fan listening in on some dope conversations with some people that I even follow and look up to and catch inspiration from. So I'm just happy to be in the number and in the mix of the, the other greats and the greats to come. I guess my name is Gerard. People always call me Coach G. That's I always say the joke is if you ever come to sweat or just if you're around DC or anything, you say, is Gerard here? No one will know who you're talking about. But if you say, is coach G here? Like, like Oh yeah, he's right there. So I've uh, kind of coined that my avatar or, or my, my stage name. Like I said, like, so I grew up in West Baltimore in the eighties. <laughs> so if anyone's been to Baltimore, Baltimore is a, I love Baltimore. Uh, it's one of my favorite cities cause it's home. So I really didn't realize that Baltimore was a kind of rougher area until I left. So I went to college, actually. I went to North Carolina, Chapel Hill, and I was like, whoa, this is night and day. Like, I'm just used to, like, stepping over crack pipes and, you know, a little poverty here. And, we, you know, we made it happen. Baltimore is a sweet space, though. It's Charm City. Best people in the whole country. No one's going to worry about, like, your profession or anything like that. It's going to ask you what beer you're drinking, and uh, we get along well. So grew up in Baltimore on the west side. We divide Baltimore west and east very distinctly. So people are like, you on the west side or east side. And grew up overweight, so always was chubby, but always active, right? So, like, my relationship with fitness was less structured and more fun. Like, I played basketball, played baseball, played football, was good at sports, but always was overweight and always had – body image issues and i can recall like growing up and going to the pool and keeping my shirt on and not wanting to get in the water and and those things so i really know what it feels like to not feel included i know what it feels like to not feel confident in your skin and i've kind of made that my mission to create a world where everyone's confident in their skin because of that so growing up got older was good at sports or whatnot i think a big catalyst in my life was Right after graduating high school, actually a week before I went to college, my mom passed away and she passed away from congestive heart failure, which is, if you will know, it's not like as much like a heart attack It's something that's just kind of like you're there one second and you're gone. It's kind of like a sleeper disease. It's not like a lot of signs that show that your heart is weakening. So that was really like a big moment for me. One, it showed me like life is short. Life is really short. So if you're going to do it, do it today. Don't wait till tomorrow. 
just jump in and do it today. And then two, it just showed me that like fitness became a different vessel for me. It became not about the body, not about getting a six pack, not about all this type of stuff. It became this place that I could go when I had no control of anything else. Like most people start in college. I mean, you're 18. You don't know what's going on anyway. You're already feeling frantic and not having that major support system around. Like I literally buried myself into the gym. Like that was like gym and basketball court. That was like my two spots that I could go to. And it really helped me. I mean, a lot of ways I feel like it saved my life and it really helped me like form relationships and friends and community and whatnot. And I, and I really want people to get that right. Like I'm the trainer that is like, I don't care about the Mac. Like people think because of my background, because I know my stuff. Like I, I've studied sports medicine, have a degree in athletic training, certified athletic trainer, CSCS any degree or whatever that you need certification wise, I have it and studied it and know the rules. But at the end of the day, the more I got those degrees and everything, the less I thought it mattered. And it really changed my mind. Like a lot of trainers, I do a lot of coaching with younger trainers and I really get, I don't know if this is the right phrase, but I say I really get my rocks off now, like working with coaches more than even working with clientele. But like, I blow their mind because they're always like, well, what's the rep range when you're doing the hypertrophy phase? I said, did you even ask her why she's here? Like literally like basics train all the time. And I mean, people train people for years and don't know why their clients really here. And I'm not talking about the first one. The first why is always superficial. I'm talking about the fifth or sixth why. That first why is oh, I want to lose weight. But why? Oh, because I want to look good. But why? Oh, because I just want to feel better. But why? I've been giving my energy to everyone but me. Now we're getting somewhere. But why? It's time for me to put energy back into myself. So now if I know that's your why, your whole training regimen should be based off that. The body and the strength and all that is a byproduct of the real emotional change that we can do. And I always tell coaches, I was like, do you want to be a trainer or do you want to be a coach? If you want to be a trainer, go ahead and kick out some three sets of 10 for them and tell them this, this bench press. But if you want to be a coach, you really have to like get to know people, really get to have a connection with them and understand that like everything you learned up until this point, you got to flip it upside down. I'm going to tell you every, you know, I have, um, I won't say his name, but one of my really good interns, he studied exercise sports science and now, and he interned with us and now he's on staff with us, personal training and teaching classes, really proud of his growth. But it was funny because in school, you learn all these things that matter. And then I come in, I saw none of that matters. And he's like, what do you mean? I've been studying all hard. I was like, no, none of that matters. I've been doing this for a long time and I'm really good at it. None of that matters because when your client walks in and they're sad, the ability to change their life doesn't depend on the rep range and the and the weight and what exercise. It's you understanding that like, hey, today we might just need to go get a walk and have a coffee. Like that's what you need, right? How do you present yourself on what that person needs in that moment? That's coaching, that's healing. And that's what I think of as we're like, we're preventative healthcare. That's what we are. Like we're, we're everything. I take fitness trainers and coaches over doctors any day. And my doctor friends might hate me, but He said, he said what he said, people. He said what he said. I want to pause for a second and just delve in a little deeper into that. And then we'll get back to your trajectory. But so a couple of things. 
I consider it's funny that you bring up the certs because I considered cutting it out of the intro, but I think it is important for people to know that you've put in the time to learn the rules, understand the body and just understand a landscape of what the possibilities are. And then being smart enough to know that that's just sort of a guide that you can refer back to from time to time, but it's the working with the clients and understanding that makes a difference. I didn't want to cut it out because I think people need to hear. I don't disagree that certs are not everything. You can find a great trainer or somebody with great potential without a cert, but I feel some type of way, especially the more experienced I become about people who feel like they know a lot, but don't have that cert and the experience to be able to say that about themselves. I do believe that, especially now that I do more group fitness, where I'm working with more bodies, more injuries, rehabbing people, not having that knowledge, you're just not offering the best that you can if you're not marrying both that, like like your intern, right? It's good to have that knowledge, but it's not everything. What do you think about that? I totally disagree with you. Tell me why. No, that's what I because I, I, I go both ways. And that's why yeah. you touched up on it. And because I feel like if you did it again, would you not get those certs? No. And where I say I will agree with you on is that knowledge matters. Agreed. Right. Knowledge. We live in a day and age where knowledge is at the tip of our fingertips. You can learn pretty much anything. Like say you're working with a client and you're not quite sure about what to do. You could literally go on YouTube and the next day know it. So like be a lifetime learner yeah. and learn through experiences and whatnot. But I'll take someone who cares about people, who's understands that we're in the hospitality business, like someone who actually like you can't teach love. You literally no. can't like no. you're either a person who is for others and giving than others. Like at my place, I don't require certs. And I, I had to change my entire mind. I, they go through a training process with me. Right. Different. Right. And we're going to go through learning about the body, learn about everything. But I much rather take a personality type and someone who buys into our core values than anything. So I don't care about certs. Like to me, it doesn't it, it also doesn't like your cert doesn't change people's lives. Like it doesn't like the things that really change people's lives is like diving in there and like emotional intelligence. Yeah, I'll take someone who can really inspire and move the crowd because Look at the some of the greatest people in our industry or people who have done have touched the most amount of people. Like they don't have they're not the most technical people at all. Think of like no. your Sean T's, yeah. your Richard Simmons, your I mean, even you know, people go back and forth about Jillian Michaels, but like right. those no, it's true. really touch a lot of lives get people dynamically. Right. They get right. people. And it's funny because I know that people who hear this episode, when they hear what you just said, they'll say, but that's Maria. Because that's how I started. No certs, no nothing. But I was passionate and I would go on YouTube and like look things up. And then I'd learn. I'd be like, okay, like that's how you do it. And I've always been a self-starter and a self-learner. Even the story of this podcast, right? As I told you when before we started. But as I've gone on, I find a little bit of pride in continuing that education. It helps me. I need a little bit more structure in order to be able to deliver that high touch hospitality to people. Because for me, I haven't had the access to a coach G. I've had a lot of like Annie from City Row really taught me a lot about the body because we do rowing there. It's more skill based, more technical. The queuing has to be a little bit different. But I never encountered anyone like a coach G who could be like, come work for me. 
I'll teach you everything outside of Annie, you know? And so I kind of like klutz my way through my fitness journey and the certs help to fill in the gap for me here and there. But I agree that if you want to learn, you don't need that to have the certs, but I just thought it was so, so fantastic that you said what you said. And they're good. And I'm glad I have all that certification because it gives me credibility when I say something like this, exactly. right? Because people can't say, oh, you just don't know because whatever. I'm like, no, I've done all of it, <laughs> like literally all of it. And I and that's how I came up. And I also do think it is great to be grounded in that stuff. But like, I also think like, who makes a cert? I can make a cert tomorrow. You know, like literally, like I went to Carolina, I graduated in 05. NASM wasn't really around. The guy, Mike, who made it, was a few years ahead of me. And it's a great program. And I, and I really push people to do it. But in the same respect, like you should make a cert because you did a, you have a podcast and it's rocking it, right? Like everyone needs to have that power that like, because I don't need other people's approval and credibility to show my worth, right? Like what's a degree? What's anything? Get out there and get it. And keep learning, keep learning, reach out to people who are older and more experienced and be like, and be a student, be a student. Like, that's what that's, I want, the skill. And that's, yeah, that's if, the key. If getting, yeah, if getting the certs is your way of keep learning. Let's do it. As I got older, it just helped me fill in a lot of gaps. Because like I said, if I had a coach G at the beginning of my fitness journey, I may be like F certs. I don't need right. them. But for when I didn't, I found that that kind of helped me develop myself and my growth. But my journey has been all about like, I call myself the accidental fit pro because I kind of just, people are like, how did you get here? I'd be like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just here now. <laughs> like, you know, and I also want to touch upon before we get back to the fifth and sixth why. Wow. I mean, every fit pro needs to hear that. Just recently on this podcast, somebody was like, tell me about your why. And I'm always like, I don't know, because there's not one why. There's many. There's different yeah. kinds of whys, depending on what you're going in your life, what your age, what stage, what chapter. I love that you said that. So I'm, I'm so glad that you did. And explaining the well, trainer versus coach as well. We're so programmed in this world to not be authentic, right? How are you doing today? What's your answer? Good. Fine. fine. Yeah, good. Fine. Mindless. Yeah. It's a mindless reaction. So I know the first time I asked you why you're here, you're just spitting off something that probably you heard or something you think is what I want to hear or something else, right? So asking the same question five times, one, it shows that I'm actually listening to you and I actually want to build a connection to you. And the other thing, it gives you the opportunity to really kind of think about something, reflect on something you might not have thought about. Why am I here? Let me get through all the, can we curse? Yeah. Let's do all the bullshit and let's get to the real reason. Why are you here? No, why are you here? No, why are you here right now? You can do whatever you want in your life. You don't have to be here right now. Why are you wasting 30 minutes to be on a consultation call with me? Why? And then like you get to get into like what I call like being a human, which we, we get away from, right? Like speaking to each other, walking the elevator and talking to people. Like I love human interaction. And I think we've, especially in the pandemic, gotten so far away from it. That, so like, like, let's have real conversations. Like, let's like really acknowledge, like how many times are you in a class and the teacher is just talking to 20 robots? Like, did you actually speak to me? Hey, everybody, how are y'all? <laughs> this is one of my favorite ones. The the intro one where you go like, how y'all doing? Okay, so we got 10 of these, 10 of these. I was like, wait, we- Nobody we responded. 
No one even responded. Like you were so programmed and the younger coaches do it all the time. I'm like, yeah. yo, like you have real, real humans right here. Like say talk their name or just like talk to them, like be more authentic, be more. Authentic. It's the hardest thing to do though. It's the hardest thing. I'm, I never say it's like, just do it. It really takes a lot of uh, experience, but also just like self-growth. You got to do that work. Mm-hmm. You can't get in front of a group of people and try to like, I'm going to lead you without really getting into that messy part of yourself and being vulnerable. Like good coaches are so, it's like we open up our heart and just put it, here's all my shit and I'm putting it on the table and it's not to be judged, it's just here. And, mm-hmm. and it's my offering of you to put your shit on the table too. Yeah. That's when the class is like, I get the chill bumps just thinking about it, but that's when what we do really becomes special and magical. And really, I just want, I want all coaches to be like that. Like, cause that we can change the whole world that way. I agree. I agree. Oh, you are so inspirational. All right. So (laughs) I could ask you 30 follow-up questions, but I won't, we'll keep it moving. moving. But so you're at Chapel Hill, you get this news about your mom. It kind of resets your journey. Take me from there. And what happened after that? Yeah. So I'm at Chapel Hill and my mom actually passed before I went to school. So it was like, I look back at it now and like, it's crazy how quickly I just kept moving. But back then, they're just like, this is the path. But my mom's funeral was one day and I left to go to school in the morning. It was like, you just kept moving. But yeah, just got in Chapel Hill. I went there because I loved Chapel Hill when I was there. It was awesome. But also they're the number one sports medicine program in the country. So I wanted to get into that and get to do a lot of like volunteer hours first. And then a long application and interviews and all this other stuff. And they only take, I think in my class, they took 11, uh, 11 people out of it's 25,000 undergrad there. So it's a, it's a real tough program, but we work with the top people in the world. Like literally people that I worked with every day wrote the books that everyone else studied from around the world. And we work with the top athletes. So you get to just learn and, learning a robust way that I even really didn't even appreciate why I was there, but it was just awesome. Like I'm taping ankles and stretching people out and holding a lot of Gatorade in the rain and wrapping ice on people. So really learned a lot of like rehab exercises and how the funny thing is I, back in that day, I never thought I'd be a personal trainer and never thought I'd be in fitness. And I kind of looked down on the fitness industry because I was like, I'm an athletic trainer. I'm almost a physical therapist. Like, you know, like when people say trainer, I'm like, I'm not a trainer. I'm an athletic trainer, you know? And it's really ironic that, yeah, I'm a trainer now. (laughs) I relate to that. I relate to that so much when I wanted to leave my corporate job, no one in my family understood. They were like, to be a fitness instructor? Like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I want to do it. Like, I feel like it's my calling, my passion, but it was hard. People still look down on fitness, especially fitness instructors, fitness trainers, PTs, group fitness. I was hoping that the pandemic would shift some minds. I think it did. I think it did as people saw the place that fitness really has in people's lives once it got taken away and we couldn't do it anymore. But I still think there's a lot more room for growth there, pay-wise, learning and development-wise, lots of different areas that I feel like they don't get a fair shake in. For sure. So I was there, graduated in four years, 
didn't pass my athletic training certification test the first time. And Carolina is a place where people don't not pass their tests. <laughs> you know, like it's like going to Harvard Law School and <laughs> missing the bar. And I missed it by two points. So it was really uh, another moment where I was like, oh my God. And, and back up a little bit. Every summer I worked in a gym and I worked as a front desk person and oh. cleaning up gyms. So I've done everything in this field you can do. So when people say, when people are at my gym and they're like, I don't want to clean. I was like, I've cleaned every toilet and I will do it now if I have to. Right. So I worked front desk at a gym over the summer. And then I started doing tours in the gym and whatnot. And when I finished college, I just had this mindset that I was like, oh, yeah, you finished college. I got my big degree and now I go get my big job or go to grad school or something like that. And because I didn't pass my tests, I went right back home and did the same summer job and saw those people again. They're like, oh, didn't you graduate? And it's like coming back home and working back at the mall after you did this big graduation. So it was definitely humbling again. He said the mall. It's like come back to the mall, you know, like everyone, people know that. Like, I know back, it's so funny. It just, yeah. Back at the kiosk. <laughs> like, you got to do what you got to do, baby. Oh, I love it. And just so for people who don't know that back then, I feel like I'm so old, but I'm not. But it was like, I think I made 575 or 515 an hour. So like things have progressed a little bit. Since yes, then. just a little. So that was good. I worked there all summer. And then there was an opportunity in August. Um, my dad's a graduate of Bowie State University, which is outside of Baltimore. Their head athletic trainer quits. And it's a week before football camp. Wow. It might have been like four days before football camp. And everyone knows that that's like the most strenuous time ever. So they couldn't get a, another athletic trainer in there. And Calls go around. Also, one of my fraternity brothers is assistant AD and some links go around and I, my phone rings and they give me a call for an interview. And it's like, yo, come down here. You can meet with the AD and uh, at least you can get an interview and see what happens. But you got to be ready to start like tomorrow. Mind you, at this point, I am not certified. <laughs> I'm educated, but I did not pass my test. Right. So I meet with the AD, Derek Carter, if he's listening, thank you for giving me this opportunity. He's launched my career by taking a chance on a 21-year-old kid to be in charge of entire Division II <laughs> sports conference or a department. And um, he gave me the job. He, he was an ACC guy. He played football at uh, Virginia Tech. And he was like, well, I know if you, I, he said, you didn't pass the testing certification. But I know if you made it through Carolina's program, you know what you're doing. And uh, he put me on the a very I didn't make a lot of money. I just feel like that. <laughs> like He gave me the, the 20 year old, like, here's your chance kind of contract. A very lean contract, shall we say? Lean, lean. Um, I'll just say I made thirty thousand dollars salary, but I also worked seven days a week eight to 12 hours a day, like consistently, because I was the only trainer in the whole university. So it was a lot, but I learned so much just by being, you're in it, you just got to go. And I didn't have the resources we had at Carolina. So it wasn't like I could just like, oh yeah, we have this, all these whirlpools and all this stuff, but it really showed me how to like make a lot out of not much. 
And we were bringing all the skills and stuff I knew I bring in and the people were great. And I just learned so much. And I, I ended up staying there for five years. I ended up really, my goal was to make sure that I leave it better than I found it. And we had a lot more structure. Our protocols were a lot better. I brought on another assistant athletic trainer. We started a mentorship program. We started an internship program with Coppin State University and had some students from Howard. Some of our students from Bowie were part of it also, who a lot have had gone on to start their own businesses and being PTs and stuff. So really launched a good mentor situation there. While I was there, I did get my certification eventually, like that October, I took the test and passed it. So I wasn't uncertified that long. But then I, I went and got my CSCS because I, I started to get really interested in the strength and conditioning side of athletics because we had so many people injured and I was fixing all these people. And I was like, well, what are we doing down the hall? So I was like, let me get my CSCS and work a little bit more there. And I started, I became the strength and conditioning coach for a few of our teams, pretty much all our teams except for football. So I was working on that side and on the rehab type side and therapy side. So it was interesting. It was great. And then um, got the opportunity to kind of, I met my ex-partner and he was in the, the State Department and lived overseas. He had an opportunity to go to Italy and, I, and he was like, you want to go? And I'm like, uh, I don't know. Right. And I would say this is the pivotal point in my life because up until this, I kind of followed the roadmap, right? Like go to college school, you go to the college you want, you do this. I got my master's degree while I was at Bowie still. I got another certification. I was doing all the things that people think you're supposed to do. And it was the first time that I, and I, I had, I finally like was getting a salary that was a lot better. I got benefits. I bought a house in DC. I had a car. Like I was getting all the things you're supposed to do. And at this point, I'm like 25. So I'm like, I'm kind of doing it. And I had an opportunity to do something wild. And I remember sitting at my kitchen table. I took a piece of paper out and I wrote a line down the middle and I wrote pros, cons. Speak into my heart right now. That's such that's a- how you roll. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And there was so many pros also, but the biggest con was the two words, what if. I can't live with the what if. Me too, baby. I can't. And if you're a change maker and you're a dreamer out there, I hope you're listening. If you can't live with the what if, then do it. And the next statement you tell yourself, what's the worst that could happen? And I painted that scenario. I said, you know what? The very worst that happens. I go out. At this point, I really didn't know this guy that much. You know, I knew him a little bit. I fly over there. We live together, whatever. I hate it. I hate him. I come back home. I still have a degree. I'm certified. I have, like, I, you find that job and you go back to that rung you were at before. And that's really like shaped the way I can jump into things. Because like, if all else fails, you just go back to level. It's like, it's like Mario Brothers. If, if you miss level three, you just go back to level two. Do, 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 do. <laughs> wow. What a fantastic way to put it. It's true. It's so true. <laughs> Especially because there's a, as you were speaking, I, I relate to that so much personally. And that's why, you know, when people were like, 
kind of looking down on me for wanting that career change because I had the salary, I had the job, I could have the benefits and everything. And it seemed like such a leap. There's a Kanye lyric, and I hope I'm seeing it right, but he literally says giving up is way harder than trying. You know, like to me, giving up is like the worst kind of thing or not trying, you know, like just meaning like not even trying to see where something goes, you know, is to me more detrimental than doing it, failing it and realizing, all right, level two, (laughs) back to level two. But you know what happens? You never go back to level two. Never. That's the thing. Never go back to level two because. Thank you for saying that. Thank you for saying that. Even if the tangible things don't show up. You're growing and you're growing and you will never like if my business blows up today and I start, I have to start from scratch. I'm not starting from scratch because I have five years of knowledge. I have five years of experiences. I So like you learn and you grow and you become a different person. So like I always tell people, jump out there, like don't listen to your parents. Just jump out there. I know. And- <laughs> never listen to your parents. All right. Never, never, ever, ever. They don't know no. what's going on. They mean well, but they just they don't know. And you know, what's funny is and I know that you're a life coach as well now, but I always feel like you never go back to level two, because even if the tangible thing, like you said, oh, I just can't believe that's so smart. I'm so glad you put it that way. Even if the level two thing the tangible thing that you were trying to do doesn't reveal itself or it's not right for you. A new path always does. And that is what I saw in your story is that you kind of just pivoted from one thing to the other, one thing to the other. And as somebody who's kind of had a similar journey, I know that whatever you tried led you something else, whether that was the meant end result or not, it doesn't matter. It just kind of kept you moving through things. I'm so glad that you said that. So you're in Italy. What happens in Italy? And did you speak Italian? Like, what was that like? No, I didn't. So uh, this would be another fun story. Italy was life changing for me, right? Up until that point, I've really been closeted about my sexuality. I really, like I said, been really structured on like how I'm supposed to show up in the world. I mean, literally as a trainer, I wore khakis every day. And now if you told anyone that I wore khakis, people were like, G in khakis, not gold chain, gold teeth, athleisure G. So (laughs) at Leisure G, that's literally me. (laughs) So out there was one of the first times I took a big breath in and I I was like, I was authentically me. Mm -hmm. And what I did was I started, I feel like the road to authenticity is like pulling the shade up little by little by little. And each time you pull it up a little bit more, the sunlight comes in. And the sunlight is you, right? The sunlight is the warmth and the energy and everything that you need for your life to to be whole, right? And we're so scared to just pull that shade up. So we just go a little and a little, but some people live their whole life with it down. And those are the people that we really got to touch and like get them to pull up. But but when I was in Italy, I came out the closet a little bit. So everyone kind of knew I was, was gay and life still went on. And actually my business got better. So then I was a little bit more open about like my mom passing and, and things in my family. And I was more connected to people and my business got better. And I was more open about like every, like just being me, like the way I dress was more, you know, I'm from West Baltimore. So, you know, like a little, look got a little swag in how I dress. Like I don't, I don't have to wear it like this or be this thing that people thought I could be. And I kept opening up the shade, opening up the shade, opening up the shade and things kept getting better. And that just like, I started to see this correlation. I was like, yo, I've been trying to hide me to get to success and been hit at a ceiling and hating it underneath. 
But when I am all of me, wow, the opportunities grew. Wow, the monetary things, the connection, the relationship, everything got better. So my big thing is like, yo, how do we make people more authentic? I need everyone to like want a little bit of that. And when you're that type of energy, things flock to you because people want that and they don't know how to get it. And they're like, how do you wake up and just have that je ne sais quoi, you know? <laughs> so I want people to, to feel if, if they're listening to this and they're like, yo, my shade is not just down, it's looped around and I got another curtain over top of it. And I'm in that corporate position or I'm, I'm doing the thing that I think I'm supposed to do, but not the thing I love. Take a chance, open the shade up. It's the light is the light for a reason. You know, oh my God, Gerard, that's, I mean, I know no one calls you Gerard, but okay. oh, oh my God, Coach G, that was like the shade. Do you want to host this podcast? Like, I'll just step aside. I just, I am so blown away. That is, it's so true. It's so true. And the more you train people and work with people, humans, the more that you see as that self-esteem, that belief and who they are is good enough through fitness starts to reveal itself. And you get to see the true person after meeting them from day one and maybe being so hesitant. Isn't that just like the best feeling as a trainer? It's like, you just want everyone to pull up their shade and like, yeah. oh my God. That's how you <sighs> feel. It's like, oh, that know, touched my heart. The second thing I learned is just like, pivoting and figuring it out and trusting and having faith. Right. So when I went over there, my first intention, I was like, Hey, I'm an athletic trainer. I was trying to make some connections with like the Italian soccer teams over there. And I had like an opportunity and then it almost happened, but they were like, but well, you don't speak Italian. And I was like trying to piece together some Italian, but it was not Italian. It was chef Boyardee, but it was not <laughs> And they were like, ah, it's not going to work. So then I was like, damn, what am I going to do? So in these moments when you can't see the other side, the first reaction is to retreat and pull back to safety. And it's natural. And they have these special jobs there for like spouses and stuff at the embassy. So I signed up for this job as the, it's like the, in the post office, but like the secret post office there or whatever, special post office. So imagine me bubbly me in it's in a basement three floors down and a cell door that looks like a bank vault and you sit there by yourself and do papers like this i walked down there for the interview and they were like yeah well you can start monday this will be your desk and i said you know what this ain't gonna work so i was like i gotta train people i gotta do the thing that i used to do helping people in the in the gym and stuff like that and i said i gotta do it you don't speak italian how are you gonna do this and then this is the thing people should listen to reframing is literally everything because it wasn't that and this is what i told people i said it's not that i don't speak italian it's that i'm the english-speaking trainer so i just presented myself as the english-speaking trainer and i'm an english-speaking trainer and i branded myself as english-speaking trainer so if anyone wanted if anyone spoke english you have a lot of people who are expats there you have a lot of italians who want to get better than english they came to me and i was sought after and i started training ambassadors and training really well-to-do people and people who are flying in working for Exxon. And I've been in some palatial houses. Like I was like, wow, people live like this. And I started off training in my living room. Like people would show up to my house. I had a towel and a little water there for them. And I moved the couch out the way and I had a little mat 
And that's where I started. And I trained, it was like, I think it was 15 euros a session or 20 euros a session, bit by bit. And I would go out to happy hours and just tell people who I was and give out cards. And I went to hair salons, go to hair salons. If you're trying to build your book of business, go to hair salons. If the hairstylist trusts you, you've met 30 other people that trust you. So so well said. And you know, that's funny that you bring that up. I, I have it slated for later, but we can touch upon it now. But, you know, I reached out to a former employee of yours who said that like, you know, he wants it so much for himself and for his business, for his clients, for his staff, that it makes you want it. Like she said that like, People want to follow you to the ends of the earth because you believe in what you're doing wholeheartedly and you don't ask people to do things that you wouldn't do yourself. And this is way before Sweat DC that you're embodying those same those same characteristics of having that hustle mentality of like, okay, who can I talk to? How can I reframe? No, it's not that I don't speak Italian. I speak English. I mean, that is like the heart of a hustler, for, <laughs> right? Like, I mean- it could have been in the blueprint. Jay-Z could have probably rapped about it, but that's exactly the meaning of being a hustler. For any fit pros listening right now, before we go back to how you moved out of Italy and then into Sweat DC, if you feel like you're someone at the beginning of your journey and you're not sure how to tap into that hustle, how can fit pros do that? I think it goes back to your authenticity, right? Like one of the problems with being new at any field, but especially here, is you look at everybody else. And you try to shape yourself based on what other people are. But there's only one you. Like, this is literally how my Instagram works. If you are another trainer or another studio in DC, you are on mute. I don't want to watch you because it messes up my creative juices. If I think something's a good idea and then I see someone else do something a little bit different, I might be like, uh, maybe mine shouldn't. No, get off that. I can go on another podcast just about Instagram and like comparison is a thief of joy, but it's very true. It's very true. But just like tap into who you are, like you really got to embody like what makes you special. And nine times out of 10, there's another Kanye line because that's my guy too, is um, <laughs> people are going to be like, no, he likes Kanye, but he's really inspirational too. Like he's a, ge- he's a genius and I will debate anyone who wants to come on this podcast. <laughs> he is creating amazing art. I don't care about like what he says as a person. I care about the art, like Just what motivates art. people. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We could, yeah. this could be a whole other podcast. On <laughs> yeah. Kanye the artist, but yes, one Kanye line he says is everything I'm not made me everything I am. Like, so everything you think, if you think that I thought being overweight disqualified me, I thought being gay disqualified me. I thought being black, being poor, not going to this place or not passing my tests. Like literally everything that like sweat is literally the antithesis of what boutique fitness is. I won't even say was like boutique fitness is trying really hard right now to catch up after like George Floyd and stuff like that. But like, let's call a spade a spade. Boutique fitness is tailored to skinny white women. Like that's who they care about. And that's all, that's the lane. And I always saw that. And I was like, I remember even being, I guess, jumping forward a little bit, but like even being as a personal trainer and a coach, because I pretty much work for myself all the time. I remember seeing it and going to these spaces and not feeling included. And I was like, and I'm in damn good shape and I don't feel comfortable here. I don't feel like I'm wanted. How could 
an older person feel comfortable? How could someone who's maybe larger feel comfortable? Like the gym should be like church or how church should be. The doors are wide open and you come in. Like that's how it's gotta be. And until it's like that, I'm not stopping. Like I'm here to shut it down, break it up. Anything people thought used to work, blow it up, blow the whole thing up because our biggest competition is not each other, it's the couch. There are millions of people out there who need our services to live whole, happy, well lives. And for us to do that, we got to get people on the podium and in front and on the microphone who look differently. You got to get people who have different experiences at the front desk, in management, in marketing. We got to look at all these different ideas because there are people out there who need it and they don't even know it exists. Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. We got to work on that. I agree. We need to do better as somebody who grew up as a minority myself, too. I mean, fitness wasn't a part of Pilates. What's Pilates? (laughs) Right. But it's true. I mean, I literally I remember having to explain it to someone when I was younger and I was like, I don't even know how to explain it to you. Like before I was a fitness professional, because that's just not something that, you know, in my family, like Latin Hispanic people like were actively doing or exposed to because we didn't see ourselves in those modalities, in those studios. And it's not just limited to Latin Hispanic people. It's, you know, black people, Asian people, people who are non-binary, gay, like it, you know, and I even love, economically, I, like let's talk yeah, even economically. Right. Yes. Like, yes. There's already a barrier for entry economic wise. Right. And the silliest thing that I ever see is when you have classes that aren't full and then you we don't work on making opportunities to fill them up. Like empty seats don't save anybody. So like there are opportunities to like not devalue your brand, but still make a way for other people to come and get the joy, like spread the joy. So I, I don't know. I think there's a lot of work we can do. I think we've made a lot of strides, but we got to think a little bit globe, more global. I think there's a lot more we can, we can work on. So you're in Italy, you're, you're doing great. What brings you back to DC and how does sweat DC come into play? Yeah. So in Italy, I was there for about three years and my ex was stationed there for three years. So I knew that was like going to be that time period. But over those three years, like business was bumping. Like I really did really, really well over there, had developed a boot camp, had small group training and personal training, had trainers who were working under me at that point. And so I came back home. And at this point, it was just Coach G Fitness. One lesson I learned when you name things after yourself, it's kind of hard to have Coach G Fitness with no Coach G there. So lesson tip, name your thing. If it's bigger than you, name it something different than you probably. But I was trying to navigate managing that. We came back to D.C. and trying to navigate managing that back and forth. Was going back and forth to Italy a little bit. Didn't really work out. And that kind of just fell apart. But I came back home. And again, I had this moment again where I was like, Am I just going to get a job? Because I'm I'm now in D.C., no clients, no, I'm starting from scratch again. But one thing I learned a lot of in Italy is another tip for fitness people out there is find somewhere to start writing. I built a lot of my business because I wrote in the embassy newsletter. There was a little embassy newsletter and I just went there and I said, hey, can I write a little thing called Coach G's Corner? And I used to give little fitness tips and they were like, all right. And I remember um, the editor would butcher my stuff because I write like I talk. So like I thought it was the cutest little stuff. And she was like, this is not that that and she would send the stuff back and I would just be so mad, but she made me a better writer. 
but I started writing there. I started writing in another expat newsletter. And that's how like, I really built my, my fame over there or my following over there before there were followers, <laughs> you know, yeah, followers. Yeah. So came back to DC and really just anybody that I connected with in Italy, I asked everyone, I said, do you know anyone in DC that I can connect with? I can just have coffee with and talk to and just kind of get my feet wet or get started. I'm not really sure what I'm doing. And my first coffee was with uh, my friend and first client, Daniela. And we went to a Starbucks and she just was really connected. She worked for the Obama administration and we humble thought it was brag. Humble, humble brag. brag. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about more people I've trained in DC. But um, Obama. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We just connected. And at, by the end of it, I had an appointment to train her in her house. And I said, well, I'll come to your house with my book bag at six in the morning these two days a week. And if you allow me to train you, like, I appreciate that. And she was like, all right, cool. And she was like trying to lose some weight and get a little like working in the White House is very stressful. So mm-hmm. like balance out that stress. And a lot of people in DC are stressed out. So she's my first client. And I would wake up early in the morning, go to her house, train her in her basement, and then go back home and then plot on how I could get some more clients and just be out and about and putting up signs at Starbucks and just talking to people. I respect that so much about you. I know we said it a little before, but I don't know if I really got to say it. There's not, and of course, a lot of people listen to this podcast, but I have a person and I have personal opinions, but there are a lot of people I've come across as a fitness trainer, and I'm not sure that they would do everything it takes to grow their brand or their business. And that just blows my mind because this is quite an endeavor to not be all in. And I don't know if you heard Christina Giroux's uh, episode yet, but something that that she talks about is just like, I'll sell my body before I let this go down. And that's the kind of people I want to work for, like legit, like you, where you're like, we're going out there and we're going to talk to every person that we can. We go to the mall, we go to the Starbucks, we'll go wherever, because that makes me feel like you literally are going to put everything you have into this business. And as somebody who works for other people, like I need to know that if I'm going to make my, I'm going to leave my daughter, change my classes, make my schedule. I need to know that you're fully invested. And I have to say, coach G, there's too many owners out there who are not on that wavelength. And it's, it's probably why fitness is suffering right now, especially boutique fitness. Yeah, it's a it's tough to be all in, you know, like it's great to be all in, but it's also tough. Like, I especially w- when you're the coach, the owner, the mentor, the person cleaning the toilets. Right. Talk to me a little bit about that. Started with personal training and started with in-home training, was training clients in home and meeting people and whatnot. So that within my goal was within a year to have at least 20 sessions a week. So 20 sessions at the rate that I wanted. So I wanted to be a six-figure trainer. So I wanted to, I did the math on what that looks like. And for people out there, it's not, it's not as hard as you think. If you can get 10 clients that pay you over $100 a session, you're a six-figure trainer. So that's two days a week, 20 hours a week. You do the math. So if you know what you're doing, the cool thing about coming back to DC is I'd already done it in Italy. So I had a playbook. So I was, again, we go back to, I was starting from scratch, but I wasn't starting from scratch. So I went to the Washington Blade, which is like the LGBT newspaper here. I hunted down the editor and I asked him, can I write for you? He told me no, probably 15 times. I hunted down the editor. Like I said, I feel like 
I don't know. We're like spirit animals. That's something I would say. Like, I will stalk your life until I get a chance to talk to you. I love that. Keep going. You got it. You got to have that hustle and that hunt and that drive. And, you know, you told me no so many times. And I knew they were having a holiday party that was like a big holiday party. And I just rolled up on them. I was like, hey, are you Kevin? And it was like, yeah, what's up? How are you? Hey, I'm Coach G. Remember, I've been emailing you like 25 times and calling you. You told me no. It's me. Like, don't you want me to write? I'll write for free. Just put me in here. Da, 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 da. And he was like, all right. <laughs> and that's oh where it went. God. It's like and a movie. Like, it's like a movie. I love it. So it was great. So that gave me a little bit more credibility as someone new on the scene. Another big move I did is I hired a PR person who I met at like some happy hour or something. And I always thank him for really helping my career elevate among like, you know, there's a big sea of people trying to do this thing. But like I quickly had four TV spots. Right. And I, you got to know what you're doing. You got to be good on TV. And you got to practice and all that type of stuff. But the credibility that comes with it between writing, being on television and just hustling and talking about fitness all the time, making YouTube videos, posting stuff on Facebook. And this is like this is 2012. So this is before Instagram and Twitter, like before people were like, hey, this is my workout. Like, no, people weren't really doing that. Right. Just, it's actual yeah. like real life public relations. Exactly. Like yeah. real, real marketing. Right. And some people think yeah. everything's Instagram. Like there was no. marketing before Instagram. No, um, Instagram should be an extension of the other stuff that you're doing or a reiteration of it. Not the main starting point. I agree with that completely. Just was hitting the streets there. So my personal training, I pretty much got booked up there. And I realized quickly that like there's only so many hours in a day that I could like actually do this thing. So I was like, how do I multiply myself? So I started small groups. Same thing I did in Italy, right? So run the playbook back, book up yourself on personal training, then go to small groups. And small groups, I would put all of my personal training clients into a small group and see them one day a week personal training. So now I can maximize my money and not increase my time working. So then from there, I'm bucked out on small groups and personal training. So now I'm like, I got to create something that's bigger than me. And I also know that the price point at which I'm working at with personal training and small groups is not something that is really mainstream or scalable. And then deeper in my soul is that I don't think that just people who can afford high price trainers deserve the service and the feeling that I'm giving them. Like, I want a place that my mom could go to. Like, I want a place that your mom could go to. Anybody's I love that. Oh, yeah. So I started doing the work and I started saying, like, what makes my sessions great? And I started asking my clients. I was like, what do you, why do you train with me? That's not a good tool for people. Ask your clients why they train with you. And I, most of the time it's not because of what you think. <laughs> like, like one client said, you always wear bright clothes and really bright shorts and stuff. And, and I like that. It makes me feel like it's fun. So I kept hearing fun, fun, fun. Oh, I always feel included. I always feel included. It's really challenging. You always inspire me. So what are my core values? Devotion, inclusion, fun, challenging, inspirational. So like my clients shape that. And then when I looked at that, I was like, all right, what little other things I do? And that's when I started creating sweat. And sweat started as like a monthly party that we did. It, we actually kicked it off as like a fundraiser for my gay basketball team that I played on. And um, 
at that time there was a, a Nike boot camp that used to go at, in the Nike store, and they had like some of the big trainers. Um, someone else you should probably talk to, Chris Perrin, who owns uh, Cut Seven in DC now. But it was him and all these all these trainers that I looked up to. They were like super to me. They were like. The bees knees in DC, like because they walked out and they had all the Nike gear. <laughs> like, I'm wearing this. And like there was a big DJ Chris Styles there. And I used to go there and just like want to be there. I, I yo, I, I love DJ Styles. Oh, you know him? Yeah, because yeah, because I at F45 we use a lot of DJ uh things, and so uh he's amazing, he's great. Yeah, yeah. Everyone was kind of young in the game. Like from this, a lot of these people have like grown up and got studios and stuff like that. Earlier in the conversation, you said that at the beginning of your journey, fitness was less structured and more fun for you. And now you just said when you started talking to clients that that was consistent feedback that you received. I'm very interested in that because that's something I relate to all the values that you just listed, but specifically fun, because I feel like if people don't have fun and it's not enjoyable, it's not sustainable, it becomes a chore and they hate it and they don't see the value in it. Because of that, I've had some people who are more structured trainers or people who are more driven by you know a specific way of how they do things I guess sort of look down on me because I'm the fun one, but I'm just like, yeah, but my certs and all my knowledge and all of that is like the Jedi stuff I sneak in once I know that you're having fun. And I believe that music and the fun component are a super important part of retaining clients and going next level in that like hospitality aspect of really getting to keep people coming back to your classes. Talk to me about how you can make it more fun and still keep some structure for your clients and how you bring in music and the workout and how all of those things have to work seamlessly. And what advice do you have for new instructors on how they can do that? Because there's a lot of things happening, but I believe they're so integral to the the experience, that true 4% that we always talk about in this podcast. Yeah, through a lot of me, but- Sorry. (laughs) So if I had to build a pyramid of like, an amazing class, fun would be at the, the base of the pyramid. To me, you can mess up. This is the thing. If you're having fun and they're having fun, everything else won't matter. You can mess up. So you can learn the other things. You're like, like I've taught who hasn't taught a class when you when you say the wrong instruction? Hey y'all, we got we got shoulder presses. Oops. <laughs> That's bicep curls. You got bicep curls. And everyone's like, oh, you're so crazy. <laughs> you know, like. So like allowing people to have fun and you having that freedom to mess up and be jovial also allows them to not have to be perfect. People have to show up perfect in so many aspects of their lives. Like this is the one time that they can just play and think about most people's first relationship with movement, recess in school. So bring it back to the fun, find the joy. One way that I always use is partner exercises. Partner exercises are great. Like it's a way to bond, build community, but it's it's a little bit different than like maybe what people expect. Like, so just making sure that they feel like, oh, you do 10 and I do 10. Ha 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 ha. Like that's a good way to kind of structure some stuff. But music is everything. Like it has to be stuff that you like, but also it's like finding that gap of something that's true to you, but also throwing in things that they like also. Hopefully, it's hopefully if it's a Venn diagram, it's in that middle section. Don't go away to one side. I've done that in periods of my life where I'm just like, 
oh, I'm just like playing this, but I hate it. And people right. can tell that you're not responding yeah. to it in the way that <laughs> yeah. you want to. Yeah. Yeah. I'm having a ball. This is yeah. so much fun. <laughs> Isn't this song great, everybody? <laughs> is, this, <laughs> is this amazing? Yeah. So I think working on that and then I think other ways just to have fun is just like, I think letting loose and think of ways you can make the exercise games. I learned uh, one thing while I was in Baltimore, I was an assistant to a Marine who taught a boot camp and for like actually Baltimore's first personal training studio in the city. And we did this boot camp and we used to use cards and like kings stood for something, jacks stood for something, queens stood for something, numbers. And he would like, we'd run around and then someone would pick a card and then be like, oh, it's a king. That's 15 burpees, go. Da, 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 ha, ha. Da, oh, it, it was a game. Yeah, but we're still fun. getting a workout in. So yeah. I really picked up a lot of stuff like that. It's like, if you can make things games or make it, or just like throw in a fun activity, like, cause nine times out of 10, it took a lot of energy for that person to even show up. So like, if you can get, Something like boxing. I don't know how to really teach boxing, but I know how to hold mitts and they can go one, two, one, two. You know, people love that. It doesn't feel like working out. Like, why do people love cycling so much? It doesn't really feel like working out. You know, you're um, tapping into something else and the movement or the fitness is just the vessel. Yeah. And with music, we always at Sweat align the music with pieces of the class. I learned that from cycling way before I taught it. I was but, just going to say that like cycling has always done that right. And now that I teach other things in cycling, like the music, I'm not interested in teaching a class at City Row, at Lifetime, at F45, in cycling, at Revolve. I'm not interested in teaching a class where the music is in the background. Fuck that. Like yeah. that to me, like I feel so strongly about that. And that's something I really want you to delve into because I know there's so many I've trained a few instructors as I'm developing my own brand and how I want to contribute back to fit pros around me. And it's been challenging working with newer instructors who are at the beginning of their journey, especially young people, because they just don't always make the connection of how we shouldn't be fighting the music, not just in cycling, but everything yeah. we do to create those moments of the apexes and then bringing them back down, whether it's in strength training, whether it's in hit, in rowing, there's a place for it. But I guess there's no, no one's training them to think that when they're going through these training programs or when they're getting those certs. So it just kind of falls to the background. So talk to them about how they can beef up that aspect if you don't necessarily have the training. Yeah. I mean, what I would challenge most coaches to do is like do the hard, do the hard work. Like just like you wanted to work to learn the three muscles of the, of the hamstring or the four muscles of the quads or what extensors goes and what nerve innervation. Do the work to learn about BPMs, learn about beats. Even if you don't know what a BPM is, you know what makes you want to move. Like I just learned what a BPM was through soul cycle training, right? But I knew what was a like I want to twerk to, and I knew what was like, I just want to waltz to, right? So like really like do that work to try to connect your higher cardio times to higher impact music. And it's also so easy. Spotify is like Google for music. You can just type in high intensity. Anything, anything, <laughs> any words. that playlist, right? The other great thing about music, music is a connector. What more beautiful thing do we have to connect 
20 different strangers who are in a room and you in the first five minutes have to make them feel like they're one big family. You got to use all your tools. You got to do some high fives. You got to do make them hug each other. You got to have their songs. So like music connects people. So really don't put it in the background. It's really your it's a tool just as strong as your barbell or your bike or your row or anything else. Like really think of it as your tool. And if the music is right, again, they won't care about what else is happening because they're just going to be jamming. And to me, that's that's the room that I want to create. And if people don't like that and people are real technical, they'll hate my class. And that's great because they don't I don't want those people. Yeah. And and there's another class waiting for them where they'll feel more at home. And that's yeah. totally fine. So in that line of questioning, I want to get to talking about this academy that you want to launch for coaches. Tell me all about it. Tell me your vision behind it. And can I join? Is that OK? <laughs> yes, you're, you're our first sign up, da, 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 the podcast. I'm in. I'm in. Any chance, I told you, any like schooling, self-development, like I love that shit. So I am in. I am your first customer, your first enrollee. I'm in. Tell everyone. Yeah. So I really found my passion once I developed sweat. And it was kind of like a love hate thing, because as you start to grow in different passions, some of your old ones start moving away. And I noticed and this. You probably can relate with this in your corporate job. Right. Like I noticed I was training my clients. and I was just showing up and I did that probably for like a year and a half, honestly. And I was just showing up, running through it. I wasn't given the highest quality of product that I used to. I wasn't energized by it like I used to. And I can still do I can I can train clients that are very high level. Like my my low level session is someone else's very good. Set, like because I've done it for a long time. But the passion wasn't there. And I'm a passion driven person. And I found that I, I was like, all right, gee, so what is lighting you up? And it was the moments with our new coaches. I love sitting in that corner. They probably hated it, but I was sitting in that corner with that. Le- I used to sit in the corner with the legal pad and watch their sessions or through training. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. That's fake. That's fake. No one talks to anyone like that. Like, because everyone comes in with this thought of like what a coach is. Hi, da, 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 da. like you're not a, a cheerleader or like a fake person. Like, really talk to me. So that stuff would light me up. I would do it for free and I'd do it forever. And and I start to see the development of our coaches. And we had some really you're as a new studio, you don't a lot of times get tenured people with a lot of experience because people don't know you, right? So you gotta grow that thing. You gotta take people, you know. One of our top master instructors now, she applied to be a front desk person, but we needed coaches. <laughs> so I was like, well, you ever been, <laughs> you ever taught a class? And she's like, well, I've been to the gym. And I was like, well, you're passionate. Here we go. <laughs> Great. Sounds amazing. You've been certified and approved. You start tomorrow. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You're going to be just fine. You know, It'll be great. <laughs> but through the process of like just really repetition and correction and repetition and correction and, and that mentorship, she's amazing. One of the best instructors in the whole country right now. Right. And we, I kept repeating that, repeating that, repeating that. I looked up and I was like, we have the, we have the strongest team in the city. I thought on the dyna- I'm a little biased, of course, but you know, our coaches could do so much. They were so versatile and they really got the big picture more than just like the, at least the things that I think are really important and that was special to me. And outside of that, you know, they taught classes and stuff at Sweat and did some small groups and whatever, but like 
their personal brands were blowing up too. And they were like, you know, everyone wants to be an entrepreneur and I, I applaud it, do it. Like, um, but I was able to like, see how the training that we did in sweat made them better public speakers, made them better at launching their own brands, better at taking on new challenges. And like, I saw, I had coaches leave their corporate jobs and really lean in during the pandemic to leave your job during the pandemic. I had, I had one coach who got let go during the pandemic and he was a part-time here. And he was like, what am I going to do? And I was like, I was like, I would say his name, Aaron. I was like, Aaron, you're trained already. Like I said, if I trained you, you're good. And you let you, you remember that. Cause I'm very rigorous on what's good. Like a lot of our coaches, they'll say it might take a few years before I say it was a good class. <laughs> Not I, I like that. And that's kind of why I'm interested in hearing more about this academy or this program that you have in mind for people, because I think something that owners or sometimes people in lead positions in fitness studios do a disservice to, I understand that feedback must be, and I feel like we're very similar after just chatting with you and feeling your energy. I want to be told in a straight way, like, like you being like, do it again. That's fake. Now, like some people be like, oh, that's too harsh. Like, you know, you got to be a little nicer. I'm like, no, like that does. It's not about being nice. It's not personal. That does a disservice. I don't want to say all these words and waste time when I can just tell you, like, I know that's not you. So try again. Take a breath. Show me you again. You know, but some people find that that's too curt, too harsh. And so that's why I think this could be a really good benefit for a lot of people who independently want to grow their brands because they're not getting the appropriate feedback that they should be wherever they're working. And they need someone not just with the expertise, but who can just talk to them like a real human being and not talk around what they need to do. I saw a big gap in our education in the fitness uh, fitness community. Everything is like what you talked about at the beginning, certs, lunges, push-ups, things I can learn on YouTube. And in a I felt very unprepared to run a real class and really run my business. We're calling, I'm actually partnering up with three of my other business partners here in DC and we're calling it Impact 360. So it's a 360 degree development program and it's focused on three Ps, passion, process, and profits. And I think a lot of times when people think about shifting their sales from corporate to fitness or when they... People always think like when if I follow my passions, I have to sacrifice my profits. And I think if we actually show you how to one, let's develop your passion. Let's have every time you show up, people feel it. People are like, whoa, this is it. But in order to do that, you got to really find what's your niche and what is that fifth why for you to be here. Right. And it's like people always say, I want to help people. Cool. That's cute. But like what happened? Like. Like, why do you want to help people? I just love people. No, like I used to hate myself and now I love myself and I need people to feel that power and know that there's a transition from that. Whoa, I want to train with you. I don't, what's the price? Whatever, sign me up, you know? So like getting people to be fired up about that and then showing another problem in our industry and one reason that we don't get a respect that we deserve is there's so many levels of people who aren't professional in their processes, right? So like, how many trainers do you hear like, oh, my, I had a trainer and they show up late or they don't have a Google calendar or whatever. So like, but my thing is they're never taught that in every other industry, you are taught the procedures and the policies and whatnot. And certifications aren't doing that. So, 
of course people are going to mess up. So I want to build that structure. So after we find your passion and learn, get to learn really like the whys behind and the nuts and bolts of like how to operate, we're going to show you the process. Like what does a start to finish, you can finish your certification and start to finish. They don't show you how a session really breaks down. What does a 45 minute session look like? What does a $200 session look like? What does a $20 session look like? It could be the same exercises. <laughs> It is. The body doesn't do that much things. We go up, down, we twist, we lunge, we squat. It's like five things we do, right? So what is the difference? Is this making the difference? So really showing that process, what's that preparation look like? When your client walks in and all the weights are sit out and their name is sitting there and a the towel is there and the water is there and you're sitting there and you just gapped out your clients and you, you interact one client with the other so they feel like they're part of a community, even though they're personal training. Quarterly, do you do happy hours? Like there's processes that can quickly bring you from start to way above what most people are doing here. And then the last part is like profits. I don't think we should be underpaid just because we're in fitness and because people feel like it is something that they could get on YouTube or whatever. And something that they, the same people will want something for free from us and they won't go to Walmart and ask for it for free. But a lot of that starts with those first two buckets. And then we get into that profits and like, let's talk about your game plan. What's your game plan? How much money do you want to make? What's your game plan for it? How do we get you there? In what time period? What's your plan? And then do you have mentorship behind it? So like after we go, it's going to be a three-day course in person because I'm tired of Zoom and stuff. <laughs> I, will, I will fly anywhere, Coach G. It'll be tell, me what, tell me when to book my flight. I'm coming because this is what we need. And you know, like we're seeing things about inflation going up and how everything costs more. You know what doesn't cost more, but still has to work twice as hard? Your fitness instructor. That's yep. who. And it's it's I'm so tired of it. And when I heard about this, I just was like, yes, this is exactly what we need because I know even with all the self-development I do, I don't have all the tools to do all the things that you just said. And I need someone to show me, to help me, to guide me to be able to do that. There, nobody should ever feel like they're giving up insurance or a good livelihood to work in fitness, which is their passion. And that, you know, like no one should have to feel like they're downgrading their, you know, their livelihood to do it. Um, it yeah, get their life. It should get life. better because you're passionate about it. So like- Ideally, your, your profit should go up, but no one teaches us that and no. no certification is really doing that. And these are like, to me, I guess, like those hard skills and that I know there's a lot of people shifting from the corporate space or want to shift. Maybe they have that shade open, like it's over there, but giving them that in between that little structure on how it's done. And then outside of that, we're going to have happy hours and we're going to have some networking and like, let's build together. Right. It's great when you're like, Hey, what are you doing over there? How's your small group going? So like, we want to build these cohorts and then have some mentorship, right? Like between uh, myself, Demi and Chase who are running this, like we know a lot of people have done a lot of, a lot of amazing things. I've done boot camps with, 500 people and I've done stuff where brands, how to become ambassador, all these like cool things like Chase is the TikTok real superstar master. I don't know how to do all that as well as he does, but like having a lot of times you do this fitness game alone and I've done it and it's a long, hard road alone and you bump your head a lot. And I would have loved to have a mentor to say, don't do that. Do this. Don't do that. Do that. Actually double down on that. Do this for these six months and then do that. If watch it work and they'll be like, oh my God, you know, I even just having someone to like, gee, this sucks. <laughs> you know, like sometimes you just need like someone to talk to. And it's so like, honestly, 
That is why I started this podcast because selfishly, I wanted to connect with more people who could help me be better since I've had, I know we talked a little bit about you and this is probably your future, whether you want it or not. But since we talked about Mike Press, you know, like he has become somebody who I now send the text to and I'm like, is this happening in your class or is it me? Can you, do you have any advice on how I can, you know, overcome it, make it better, make it easier being in this industry and not having mentorship or a community of fitness instructors to help you along the way is isolating and it's terrible. And once I tapped into, I've done other courses like this, where now I've stayed in touch with other people, but nobody's doing it consistently and 360, which is, I think, where you're tapping into something that's missing. It's always very geared and aligned toward one thing instead of holistic and then continued. It's, it goes beyond the three days, which is what I think is also important that continued support after. I think this is amazing. And I hope you will come back and we can talk about it more. There's so many topics we didn't even cover like all the things all the things you did to pivot from covid but if anyone's listening there's a couple of really amazing articles that i will link on the show notes talking more about all of the things that gerard did and sweat dc talk about hustler to pivot to make sure that he not only continued his own livelihood but protected that community that he started there i know we won't get really to talk about it but i just really wanted to point that out to people because i read a lot of it and it made me respect you so much much without even talking to you yet, just reading about all the things that you did yourself to ensure that your business had another day to pull the shade up for. So it's fantastic. We're going to move on to rapid fire and we got to wrap this up. Rapid fire. There's so many more things I could have asked you. Part one, part two, part three. I mean, I have to have have you back and I would love to take your class and I want to meet you in person. So when you get this you know, this course going, please let me know. I really, really, I'm genuinely serious. I am coming. I want to be there. I'll see you the um, day. I think, I think I'm going to launch it in April. So it's, it's coming up. All right. Let's go to rapid fire. All right, all right. Tell me your favorite song or artist to teach to or move to or both. Hmm. I like Trina. <laughs> <laughs> I like a little ratchet, little Southern Trina. We played, I played her in class yesterday and it was just like, let's get it. Um, it just slaps. It's a tie with her and City Girls. Like, I, I always say in my classes, you have to have one bad bitch moment. Like, we're like, I'm a bad bitch. I'm in the club. You can't tell me nothing. Like, I mean, I agree. I, absolutely. I feel like you should have one bad bitch moment a day. If exactly. It's, if it's up to me, at least once a day. <laughs> if you could only use one word to describe your teaching style, it would be personal in a room of sometimes 50 even like 100 people i want everyone to feel like individually connected to them in some way and maybe that's by saying something that they connect with but i want everyone to know that i want i don't want anyone to feel like a number in my class oh i love that so well said the best smell in the world is this is a smell but i was thinking like ice cream (laughs) does ice cream have a smell I don't know. We're going to find out (laughs) after after this episode. (laughs) Or barbecue. maybe A grill. A grill. Okay. Someone grilling and you're walking down the street and you're like, who's grilling? Best smell in the world. I would agree. It's not like food. I'm like, ice cream, chicken, food. (laughs) I love that. 
Okay, the most important personal and business lesson you have learned thus far. They kind of merge. I would say authenticity is probably everything. Authenticity and vulnerability is literally everything. Personally, just I'm on an ever going journey to be even more and more myself. And even though I peeled off more layers than maybe others have, there's still more layers to go. And getting more and more in touch with myself as I get older is uh is interesting. And business-wise, I think planning. Because I'm a doer and doing will get you so far. Some people are like over planners and they never get started. I'm always about action, action, action. But like planning plus action really equals success. So I will say those people out there, if they're uh, hesitating or planning too much, I will take an action-driven person over planner any day because even if you go 100 miles an hour the wrong direction, you'll hit your head and turn around and say, oh, that didn't work and go that way. So you got to have movement, right? Movement creates momentum, which creates like success and, and progress. But planning match with it, I think, is something that I'm learning even in this time, like the plan matters. So well said. I love that. If you could do any other job besides fitness or what you've done before, what would it be? Talk show host and motivational speaker. Talk show. Can I be on your talk show? Yeah. I just, no, I don't want to be like on it. I want to like be behind the scenes, giving you notes and like information about people. I like like being the producer role. Like that's. Oh, yeah. You can produce it. We'll talk after this. I'm, <laughs> I'm actually working on launching my own podcast. And- oh, my God. Yes. Which I support it a thousand percent. What is your favorite way to recover after an intense workout? Really just sitting on the couch and doing nothing and turning like the lights off and putting Netflix on. And I either, if I'm either, I mean, like way up or way down. So like, sometimes I can like sit and like be still and be in silence almost and just kind of re-energize because I'm pour a lot of energy out. So I think just like being in, in that moment or the other thing would be like going around my family. Cause there's something humbling about as much as I, I need to be better about being around my family. I talked to my dad right before I got here and it was so settling to just be around the people who really know you and know you for who you are and not for what you do. I would agree with that. Yeah. And you could just be yourself with them. What is your favorite movie or musical? Blue Streak. Do you remember that movie? <laughs> it's like Martin Lawrence and Dave Chappelle. It's really silly. Yeah, but... it really is. Well, it's a great answer. I mean, you're it's like, not like you're a like... blockbuster. It's just like a, a mid-major movie that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> so like Whatever the art speaks to you, it speaks to you. It is what it is. All right, Coach G, you've inspired so many people. Who inspires you? A lot. So many people inspire me. It's, it's hard to put down one. Honestly, I mean, this is like a specific person, but I say like any person that shows up authentically outside of no matter what the consequences are, that really inspires me. Like, even if I don't agree with them, it takes such fortitude to go against the grain. And that is what inspired. That's why, I mean, I'm a big Kanye fan. I know people are going to, people always like hate on me for that, but like, it's so easy to like, it's so easy to pick people's flaws and so hard to like, look at glass half full part. A lot of times I think we pick, we pick at people's flaws because it hides our own. And I just think that I don't know if you've seen his documentary that's out now on Netflix. I just started watching it. And like immediately after this podcast, I can't wait to wind down and and like finish. I'm so excited for it. But like people told him no so many times. Like, wait, can we wait? Side note. 
Can we talk about, I want to talk about hunting them down. I want to hunt down the people at the Dame Dash record company who let, you got Kanye rapping in front of you and he brought them all falls down, finished, finished before anyone else touched it as is that song is fantastic. Amazing. A true work of like visionary art. And she's laughing at him. And he's sitting there like, no, you're going to listen to what I have to say. And like, reminded me of what you said before of, like how you you, were, you went to that party. You were like, hey, remember me? I've sent you 20 emails. And Kanye was like, hey, I'm going to every single A&R in this office to, because that's how much he believed in his art. Like, I respect people like that. I respect yeah. people like you that they're, they're sure about what they want to accomplish or do. Maybe they don't know how, and that's okay. But they know that they have something to share with people and they will go to any cost to share it. And that's why Yeezy is the best, regardless of what people say. <laughs> it takes a lot, a lot of guts to be yourself to the point where you know people are going to fucking hate your guts and he still does like respect well people aren't used to different and we're just programmed to like always hear things or see things that work in the system on how it used to be and like he was very different so like if you're doing anything out there like if anyone's listening out there and like you want to start a class that's part pilates then you go run up a hill and then you go jump in the water and swim do it do it. We need the different, right? And everyone's going to be like, but that's not like, that's what I want to pet peeve of mine. It's people like, is your class like, is this, so your, so. Is, is this like this? Are you kind of like this person? No, I'm me. And be open enough to see what I am and see if it's for you or not. Like, if you don't like it, cool. But like, I think we just need to be more open-minded, but people always want to like see things as it, people are adverse to change. So they want to see things that are like always the same, but change makers change the world. Like, so we're changing the world. And you're one of them. You're changing the world. I can't thank you enough for doing this. And I know this is probably one of the longest episodes that we've had, but like I told you, I don't, I want people to share their expertise and there's so much that we didn't touch upon, but tell people how they can find you, connect with you and what else you want them to know about you. And then we'll call it a day. Yeah, find out more at sweatdc.com. I also have my website, gerardburley.com and or like on Instagram if you want to see me acting silly and doing certain stuff and a little bit of inspiration, a little bit of fun, some craziness uh, at Coach G Fitness on Instagram. And um, I just want people to know that like they're worth it. You're worth the investment. You're worth taking the chance. You're worth taking the hard road. You're worth falling down and dusting yourself off and getting back up. You're worth all of that. And um, I look forward to seeing people at our Impact 360 three-day conference. It's going to be amazing. You're going to get, I'm not going to do a full spiel and everything, but you will leave with more, probably 10 times the information to make the money that it costs back and more. If you get one client out of what we give you, you are going to pay for that. So I agree. And we'll uh, put it on our Instagram as well. Once you launch it. So fit pros, if you're listening, make sure you follow the creating the four pod Instagram, and we'll put all the information on there as well when it launches so that people have access to it as well, but make sure you follow coach G. I am so inspired by you and your story, and I can't wait to meet you in person and hopefully we can stay in touch. And I'm just very excited to have had you. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.